This is the European Tour's Life on Tour podcast, presented by Hilton. Hello and welcome to the European Tour's Life on Tour podcast, presented by Hilton, with me, Kirsty Gallagher, bringing you conversations with key figures from around the world of golf. Today we're here at the Doubletree by Hilton Tower of London Hotel, and I'm delighted to say we've been joined by one of the most recognisable names in golf, Andrew Beef Johnston. Welcome, Andy. Thank you so much for doing this today. Now, everyone knows you as Beef, and I realised, obviously you're a friend of mine, I never call you Beef. I feel, I don't know, I, do you mind that? Nah, 90% of people do. All my friends do and stuff, so it's like completely normal. And I find it a bit odd now when people say my real name. <laughs> do you? Like, yeah, sometimes I'll be walking in the street and someone will shout like, Andrew, and I'll be like, just carry on walking and, that, and they come up and get a tap and I'm like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you yeah me <laughs> <laughs> I love that Let, let's talk about that name that nickname for those that don't know where it came from just explain the story it came way back when I was a kid I was about 13 at the time and I had a big head of like curly hair and uh, one of my friends was playing another hole at our home course North Mid and was just like look at you and your big head it's like you've got a big bit of beef on your head you've got a beef head like that and obviously told everyone at the golf club, it kind of stuck, and that was it. And you didn't mind it? Ah, oh, I was just I chilled about it. You're so like, chilled anyway. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, call me what you want, I'm not fussed. But I mean, what about animal rights groups and those, Any anything, uh, you know, come from, from anyone having any problem with that nickname? So yeah, well, I'd say it's got to be, yeah, it must be end of 2016 it happened. I, got, I think I got a message on Twitter and then an email from Petter saying, um, like, we know your nickname's Beef, would you consider changing it to Tofu for animal rights? Tofu? Tofu. Oh, my gosh, that's and amazing. I had to read it, like, three or four times because I was like, <laughs> someone's winding me up here. I was like, this ain't, this is not real. And I got, when I got it, like, looked at, I was like, is this actually real? Oh, my gosh. Um, and then they sent me, like, a load of, like, vegan, yeah. Meals, meals. or Tofu, yeah. Yeah, all different Tofu things. what did you do with things. that? I didn't eat it. Chucked but it I just, in. yeah, I just, like... Kindly said, look, my name's got nothing to do with the animal. I was like, it's because of this. Mm. Why I'm called Beef, so mm. I don't need to change it. That is hilarious. I might change <laughs> your name in my phone to Tofu. You might as well, yeah. It's quite funny, that. <laughs> um, now, let's talk about the fact that... I, so, I met you three years ago, 2016, around about just after the Open. And, obviously, the Open at Royal Troon was where you really came onto the scene with a brilliant week. At that time, could you believe it I mean what, what what was that week like again when you reflect a couple of years on how did it feel it was just crazy I mean going from winning Spain I didn't think anything I made one comment and said I just want to go and get hammered with my mates <laughs> I really didn't think it was a big thing and next thing apparently got played loads in America so I went out uh, to US Open and there was sort of a bit of attention there but when I got to Open and it was the Saturday it was I remember you walk under the stand and as soon as I got out on the tee, everyone just shouting beef. And I was like, this is mental. <laughs> and like the whole way around and then again on the Sunday and like walking down 18 Saturday, Sunday there was just like the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And it was one of them weird things where my phone was just going crazy. I've never seen anything like it. Like Twitter and Instagram must have gone up about 60,000, 70,000 yeah. in two days. And like it was just going absolutely crazy and I, I can't explain what happened it's still surreal and it's just one of them weeks that was just strange mm. and obviously yeah you alluded to that win at Valderrama the uh, Open de Spania which was your first European tour win but then doing well at the Open what is so special about the Open it's the history of the tournament 
it's the size of the tournament. It's the one everyone wants to win, mm. especially being British. It's everyone wants to win. And, yeah, everyone, I think, as a kid, dreams of, yeah, having that putt to win the Open and stuff like that. So it is. It's like the most special tournament for us Brits. And, of course, um, we've just witnessed one of the best Opens ever with Shane Lowry, the Irishman, winning at Royal Port Rush. You missed the cut by a shot, which must have been frustrating, but was it brilliant to be there? Yeah, of course. After not expecting to be in and going and having a good week the week before, ideally, yeah, I wanted to go and take advantage of getting in and, mm. yeah, try and finish up high, you know. That was the goal, but it had been a long stretch and I was wary of that. That was my fifth week in a row. Yeah, I just didn't play as well as I wanted. I thought I sort of scrapped it really well, gave myself a chance. 18 to get in the weekend, didn't happen, but it's all good. Mm. But, yeah, so happy for Shane. When I saw it on the Saturday, score on the Saturday, and realised I actually drove home, because we were in Scotland, I drove, I got the ferry across. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then got the ferry back from Dublin at 2 in the morning to make the boxing on the Saturday night. <laughs> and um, someone in the crowd shouted, who do you think is going to win the golf? And I was like, I haven't even looked at the scores. <laughs> and saw Shane was leading by four, and I was like, oh, amazing. He's a good friend of mine, yeah. and he, he's one of the great lads out there. And I've known him since junior days. So to see him four shots ahead was just like, this is amazing. Mm. And obviously, he's got that support. So Sunday morning, I was sort of looking through some highlights and stuff and looked through his interview and seeing the, like, the crowds and stuff. And I was oh. like, I just, yeah, hope he goes out and does the business. And he did, by six shots. <laughs> I mean, what a performance. Incredible. And I think, as you just said there, he's a very popular guy on tour, isn't he, Shane? Yeah, massively popular. And, like, you can just see all the celebrations. I've been following it in the last week and stuff. And it's Do you think he's still got amazing. a hangover? Definitely. <laughs> I'll be disappointed if he hasn't. Oh, and that no, Shane, yeah. I think he had a big party for winning in Abu Dhabi and I was like yeah, you can multiply that by a hundred or so <laughs> <laughs> on social media have you seen I'm sure you have because you're you're good on social media him with you know he's got the claret jug and it's in the background I'm thinking oh my god it's worrying about where you'll put it as well if you've had a few drinks yeah definitely I mean there must have been someone like designated driver basically or someone <laughs> to hold the trophy for Make him. sure your eyes are locked on yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that jug yeah he'd have been smashed I reckon but I mean You've got to celebrate something like that. Of course you do. Uh, as well, and like you see the support, and that video clip I saw him um, in his hometown mm. was just amazing, and that's what it's about. Absolutely. I think it was one of those great wins for definite. And also, I want to get your view on how good you think that win was for sort of British golf, Irish golf, golf in general. You know, we want more youngsters getting into it, don't we? Yeah, definitely. I think it's a real good positive move mm. that he's won that, and... It can only attract more people. Mm. It, it cannot do any harm. And, you know, to see, yeah, again, normal guy win the Open, I think it's great. And I think it will appeal to a lot of families, a lot of kids and that. And I think there'll be, yeah, a lot of players all around Britain, Ireland, a lot of kids going out to play mm. and really getting involved. I just, I think it's so good for golf. Absolutely. Because how did you get into golf in the beginning? Because you weren't from a family who necessarily played lots of golf, were you? My dad played lots. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't... It was just, yeah, normal. He played a lot. My cousin played a lot. So I got into it at a young age. He used to take me, my brother, my sister over to local pitch and putts. And we used to go and play. And that was it. Yeah, I was just hooked on it from about four or five years old. Did you know that you wanted to be a golfer? It was one of the weird things I didn't think about. I just carried on playing... Joined North Mid when I was nine, got into Middlesex County, I think I was about 
12, 13, and then sort of did some of the coaching there, started mm. playing like the junior tournaments, got through into England boys set up, and it was just like one of them kind of steps, and I didn't really think about it probably till I was about 18, 19, really. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? And, and did you feel that it was at that time going to be an easy ride or difficult? Did, you know, where, where were you at with, the, with your sort of looking into the future? Again, I, so it was, all, <laughs> it was all kind of going to plan until I lost my dad when I was 17. And I had a bit of a moment where I was like, I don't know if I'm going to play anymore. Mm. My mum's sister helped out and I played the last year of like junior golf. And to be honest, I didn't like the men's England setup. Why was that? just didn't create the fun it was a lot more serious and didn't create the fun the boys stuff did and yeah I wasn't enjoying it and at that time I was I was a bit lost I was working in the pro shop in North Mid for a little bit helping out one of the guys who was a builder at the golf club as well and I didn't know what to do Mm. and that's where yeah I met my old manager he was like he goes why don't you turn pro see what happens started playing the mini tour stuff and did all right and sort of just gradually worked my way up from there. I had a crazy year, 2011, where I was supposed to be playing a Euro Pro Tour event and I was playing in the Pro-Am and I got a message saying I'm first reserve for a Challenge Tour event. And I was like, kept my phone on, finally got in and I said, look, I've got to go. Left, went straight to Austria and I finished third there. Great. And got into the next week and I made the cut and I didn't get another star for ages. But the top 100 on the order of merit got me into a tournament in Russia and Kazakhstan, these two tournaments. And I finished, I think, 12th there Mm. and second. And all of a sudden, I was really close to getting a European tour card. While that was going on, I managed to get into into the Open at St. George's. And it all kind of just kicked off from there. And finished third, last tournament of the season, grand final in Italy and got got a spot European tour for 2012 and all of a sudden it just flipped like that and next thing I was yeah I was sort of yeah playing European tour out of nowhere that's great isn't it yeah great story do you think there is enough support for those players that maybe I mean if you hadn't had someone like almost like a mentor saying have a go is there enough support for those that don't know where they're at maybe as you said club pros or youngsters that are have just turned pro but have you know maybe they haven't got the ability or the sponsor to to do any more and and take that risk and take that sort of jump into being a touring pro or going for their card it's a real difficult question because it is difficult and like you want everyone to have a chance to give it a go some circumstances you you can't and I guess I got lucky with that and that's why I'm always grateful because I got given that chance and yeah ended up yeah to be able to sort of work my way up Mm. and be patient some other people might not have that time I had a couple of years to sort of like, yeah, sort of get a bit grounded on even the mini tours and stuff like that. I know like America is different with the college golf. Mm. And I think that prepares a lot of the guys earlier. They go off to college, get a scholarship and stuff. So they've always got something to fall back on. Mm. Um, if they don't, I find a lot in the UK don't. And, that, and it, you can end up in a situation, it's like, what am I going to do mm. next? And if you give golf a good push and you don't go to uni or anything, sometimes you could be sat there three, four years down the line, thinking, what am I going to do? I haven't got any qualifications. Yeah, yeah. where am I going to fall into? Least we see I'm this fighting. a lot in football, don't we, as well? Yeah. But certainly in this country, it's, it's documented quite heavily. Yeah, and that's why sometimes you look at the States and think, actually, their setup's really quite good because they, at least they've got something to fall back mm. on. You know, they go to college, go uni, get grades. So if it doesn't work out, they've got a plan B. I find UK can be tough because, yeah, you can be end up, like, a bit lost. And I just want to quickly talk about your Jamaican roots which are, you know, we, we know about. 
Do you go to Jamaica much? Do you see family out there? I don't go too much. I've only been once. I went a couple of years oh. ago. And I've, funny enough, met an uncle I'd never met before. And stayed with him uh, for a couple of nights. Yeah, which was really cool. He took us around everywhere. And yeah, showed so it was really good to sort of meet some of the family and stuff. Yeah, had like cousins there I'd never met. And that, yeah. So they it was... would love to meet you. And, and do they, I mean, golf in Jamaica... Would you ever want to sort of highlight that and make it a bigger sport over there? I mean, because how, how, how is golf over there right now? I think there's a big gap for it to improve and it's something I'd definitely love to do. I know I've spoken to Jamaican Golf Association a couple of times, but again, it's timings. It's so hard. Like the time it takes to play tournaments and travel with demand, it's, it's difficult to fit everything in. But it's something definitely I want to set up for the future. 100% get out there. and I think yeah. you'd be a great ambassador. Definitely, yeah. Get a few more Jamaicans out on tour. would be great. <laughs> I think it'd be really good. Good story. Now, let's talk about your journey. You secured your European tour card in 2012. And obviously, you had that fantastic year in 2016, onwards to, to date. What, in that period, those four years, what was that like? Was it a roller coaster? I mean, often for golfers, it can be. You know, when you, you're sort of moving from the Challenge Tour to the European Tour or whatever you're path may have been but what was yours like yeah it was a roller coaster i said got that tour card really quickly unexpectedly the tour was a bit of a funny stage at that year a lot of tournaments that were scheduled didn't happen for mm. some reason so i didn't end up playing many tournaments that year i think i only played about 14 tournaments that i actually got into so lost it went back to challenge tour which i was fine by because i was like all right i know i'm good enough to to get the card again so I can do it again. And then I had a shoulder injury and I didn't know what it was. I got sort of misdiagnosed a couple of times. And that year was, 2013 was hard because I was almost trying to play catch up and I managed just only to keep my challenge tour card that year, which would have been a bit of a nightmare from, it's hard, they're hard to get. You either go to the qualifying school, that's the only way you can really go through and get it, or you, you have an invite and you do well on invite. Mm. So chances are slim sometimes. So I didn't want to lose that because that sort of, at least you've got somewhere to play for the season. You've got that place and if you keep that, you know, you can go and have another crack, try and get a card next year. So that was a tough year and financially that was tough. I was actually, funny enough, I was practicing in Portugal at the time, but I was sweating about Christmas and Things like that, yeah, not... I was like, I ain't going to be able to buy any presents this year. But it was like, I kind of put all that money towards, yeah, go and practice to try and, yeah, have another good season next season. And I got into a European tour event in South Africa, like, last minute. I think I got told on the Sunday. So I literally had to fly, yeah, back from Portugal, went straight to South Africa, made the cut there, which helped out for Christmas (laughs) and stuff, which was good. And it kind of gave me a nice confidence, though, knowing that... Hang on, yeah, I finished, I think, 20th or something like that. Hang on, I can go and play well in a European tour event. So it kind of gave me good confidence and set me up well for 2014 going into that. And that was when the real breakthrough happened, mm. winning the Scottish Challenge Tour and then in France too. So setting that up and, yeah, being able to finish winning the Order of Merit that year, again, was a big confidence boost going back onto European tour. So it was a real good stepping stone. For me, and that's why Challenge Tour is good, because it does, it prepares you. Four rounds of golf, it's competitive, everyone's good. You know, it doesn't matter what mini tour you're playing, Challenge Tour, European Tour, PGA, score's always low. Mm. You always got to play well. And that's one of the things, it doesn't matter, the standard's so high, any sort of pro form. So yeah, it's, it's good prep for Tour. Absolutely. So obviously, you talked about the fact that you were worried about buying Christmas presents. To a few years later, 2016, Valderrama opened Hispania winning that tournament 
and winning €330,000. I mean, what was that like? Again, very surreal. It didn't cross my mind at all when I was playing. You know, you're trying to win the trophy and that's what you want to win. You want to win the trophies. It was never about the money, but yeah, when you see that coming into your bank account, <laughs> it's not normal. <laughs> it wasn't normal. It's a lot of money. Yeah, it wasn't normal. And I, I've never been one to to like show off or anything like that but it was nice to be able to like yeah go and buy a big round of drinks for the boys or whatever <laughs> and, and stuff like that or yeah get my mum something and uh, things like that so yeah that was key and it's quite it's a nice feeling just to feel comfortable for a second you mm. know like hang on a minute I'm not sweating about anything for a minute which yeah. was a nice relief absolutely and, and the year before the 2015 BMW PGA Wentworth wasn't it you won a BMW have you still got the BMW? No, I had to sell it. No, I just recently bought a car before, and that car was amazing. <laughs> that, the M4 Damn. was incredible, and I was like, it's just not right to keep it right now. You got a hole in one, didn't you? Yeah. So, what, I mean, that famous par three, uh, tenth hole, yeah. <laughs> it was funny. In practice, uh, my caddy at the time, he said, pin's going to be there. So he was like, hit a few shots to it, and it was just perfect seven iron. And I walked up I and it was it. exactly the same conditions. I didn't even have to say a word to him. I was just pulled the seven <laughs> iron out. And um, usually everyone comes off the ninth green and walks across, goes up by the green. For some reason, one of my friends stood by the tee box and it did cross my mind. I was like, why is he standing there? <laughs> and yeah, knew the club. I knew the seven. I didn't even need a yardage. It's the exact same. And yeah, just, it was funny. I saw it, I hit it and I was like, this is good. And <laughs> you couldn't really stop the ball near the hole it was too firm and it just took one bounce and just disappeared I heard it hit the flag and just disappeared and then I looked at him and just started running to him and I just said to him like chest bump like this to him and I was just running over and yeah sort of I've got no idea why I did it it just happened I think a lot of people remember that hole in one because of the celebrations they were wild they were brilliant weren't they yeah it was just again it was natural yeah didn't wasn't thinking about anything it was never pre-planned and that's the way I always like to keep it, never plan anything, just see what happens. Now let's talk about the last sort of six months or so, because it has been, it's been difficult for you, hasn't it? Um, you talked about in a blog your sort of mental health issues and how suddenly you, you did find it all quite difficult. What, what happened? What was the first time that you realised that, you know, it wasn't all going swimmingly? Um, I'd say... Even in the last like, few years, I'd have moments where I'd go absolutely mental, get like the pure rage about something. Just sometimes it'd get too overwhelming or you're travelling a lot and it can yeah, really like wind me up in a way and stuff. And then obviously you calm down and you, know, you look at it in perspective and it's all good. And I think like, I, I've just had so much change in the last year. I just think it was just uh, going to America and then having a change of mindset without even realising that my mindset had changed. And that playing 2016, after doing my Open, it was like I never had any expectations on myself. And all of a sudden that started to change. Went out to the States and I was expected to do well. And I felt like a lot of pressure coming my way to perform. And I come back after the States and I played Wentworth, played Open. I finished like 20th in the events. And I come off like just disgusted. Really? Yeah, not good enough. Like, why am I finished 20th? It's not good enough. I should be doing a lot better, this and that. And mindset had changed. Where before, I'd be like, all right, 20th, good week. Yeah. I was like, make a few adjustments. It will go again the next week. So you've been really hard on yourself? Really hard on myself, yeah. Got to practice more. 
you end up doing more, got to do this more, got to do this better. And it was just a complete, yeah, just sort of hammering myself like that, putting myself down, I guess, and forgetting where I'd come from or what happened, even realising what happened, obviously, to go from, just as I say, just normal person from Barnet to the next thing, like, having everyone shout beef, walking down 18 and, like, yeah, having people come up. Like, even things like, <laughs> I went for a lesson um, with Claude Harmon, mm. And I know I got a rental car, I've parked up at the golf course, big yellow Ferrari sitting next to it, and they're like, "Ah, oh, you've picked a good spot, parked next to Michael Jordan's car." Oh my goodness! Like this, I'm standing on the range, and Claude was like, "Do you want to meet?" I was like, "Yeah, I'd love to, obviously." So I walked up to one of the tees as he's as he's walking up, he's just gone, "What's up, beef?" Wow! And I was like, "You what?" <laughs> like this, and I was like, "What's going on here?" Yeah. These were the type of things that were happening, yeah. and I couldn't get my head around it. And, yeah, so I started to put more pressure on myself. Yeah. And, and, and I was just, yeah, as I said, normal person having this. And it was just like, it wasn't normal. And it kind of, yeah, it kind of affected me without even knowing, realising what's going on. And, like, yeah, you sort of lose your bearings yeah. of what's happening, mm. what's going on. And you get caught up in this, like, fairy tale mm. sort of world, almost. And then, yeah, last year, yeah, as I said, then a lot of change started to happen and I think it was just, yeah, because a lot of change and putting too much pressure on my golf, not being able to step back and take a minute to understand what's even happened, it just had a big effect. And I think the first time I realised was probably Portugal after the first round. I, I didn't have the best day and I was close to going home. Mm. I was just like, I want to get out of here. I'm done. And I stuck that tournament out and, again, stuck a couple of others out, come back to the hotel, South Africa, Again, finished 27th, decent week. Mm. But sat at a hotel room crying. Australia yeah. did the same thing. Until, yeah, fiancé Joe's was like, yeah. we need to get you some help here. It's not right. What's going on? So, funny enough, get on well with Lee Westwood, get on mm. well with Westy. She gets really well with Helen. And um, he said, oh, maybe you should read this book. So we went, had a read of the book and stuff, and I thought Christmas would maybe sort of just deflect a bit of time, have some time off, got back to the desert, still wasn't right. And that's when he said, like, I'm going to get in touch with Helen again, and spoke to them and said, like, maybe you should try, yeah, speak to these guys. Mm. And this is where I met psychologist Ben, and that was it, yeah. They told me to take some time out. I didn't want to at the time, and um, I did, which was good. And we just, all of a sudden, it was like things started to just calm down, speaking to him and understanding what happened was a big factor for me because I didn't understand what was going on. Why has I been like that? And then we kind of peeled it all the way back from probably to, yeah, well, since Open, really, so 2016. 2016, that big yeah. year where, yeah. Yeah, you peel it all the way back and it's like, all right, this has had an effect, this has had an effect. Mm. And if I go back, I would have, I wish I'd had Ben from there, mm. psychologist from there. To manage it. Yeah. Because the, the thing is, is that sportsmen and women there's such big highs and such big lows aren't there yeah and it's so it's been so well documented over the last few years and obviously you're one of the latest sportsmen to talk about it but you've helped you're helping so many people and you must have had so much so many people come up to you saying thank you so much for talking so honestly about your your struggles yeah I have I've had a few other players come up and I've, I've sat there and chatted with them as well and um, yeah I had a lot of people all different walks of life different jobs whatever it is sport or not sport and stuff and had so many amazing comments that like I can relate to it and stuff and that's the thing I think the feeling of that you're not alone and just because 
it doesn't matter what you do, what position you're in, everyone, I think, is vulnerable to it. And I mm. think there's a lot of sports people, a lot of people just doing anything, just normal people will have an effect on it. And little things can really affect people. It just depends how their mind works or, mm. and, and things like that. So I think it's good to talk about it, be open about it. And that's, that's what's happened to me. And I'm not afraid to keep quiet about it. That's what's happened. It's the truth. And it's I just great. think, like... You tell the truth, you can't really go wrong. It's great, it's refreshing. And also, I think golf, I, I, I think we talk about it in football a lot. Uh, rugby recently, cricket, it's, you know, we've talked about it a lot. Depression, mental health issues. Golf, do we really talk about it much? Not really. No, not too much, no. But there will be lots of players that do struggle. Yeah, definitely. I, I see it being very relatable to cricket. They're away for long periods of time. You're on your own. On your own, away from your family. You get looked at under the microscope. Mm. Any form of mistake might happen. You go through a bad patch, and it happens in all forms of sport where I've had it. I've come off the golf course, and I was like, I've shot two over par, but I felt like I've played good golf. Mm. And it's like, same as cricket, you know, they might make a couple errors, and all of a sudden, they're batting well. They get a couple of good deliveries mm. that you, just happens, and they're out again for one two and stuff and there's nothing you can do about it but next thing I'm like just go oh you could have done this you could have done that and it, you got so much time in the evenings you're away from family and stuff you got so much time to think about it and it would just nag at you and it just nags and I've sat there on flights thinking like oh, why have I played that shot there or what how have I hit that shot then at that moment I might have hit 13 out of 14 fairways but the one I Look missed the was negative. the wrong side in the yeah. water and it's like, well, of all of them, you start picking and like, and it just sort of slowly just hammers your head. And yeah, and mm. then like sometimes, yeah, media can get on people and say, oh, he's finished, he's done, he's this and that. And oh. you've got no idea what's happening. And it, it can get, yeah, it can get difficult. You're away from family, friends. Yeah. Yeah. So what advice would you give to anyone who perhaps feels that they're struggling a bit? or under a lot of pressure or is feeling a bit like you were tearful, frustrated, even worse? What would you say to them? To talk to someone, yeah, speak to it. Don't feel embarrassed by it or don't feel like you have to keep it in or... Because I think I think what I felt was, why am I feeling like that? I'm absolutely blessed, got every, like more than I could possibly ever want. So why am I feeling like that? And it's like... It was got to the stage where it was a bit like, should I be feeling like that? Is this normal? Am I sort of making this up in my head? That's what it was like. And I think like you've got to just, yeah, speak to someone because it is. And that's what I say. It doesn't matter what you have, what you've got, what position you're in. It can sort of happen to anyone at any time. Mm. And I think that's the, that's the idea of perspective and, yeah, being level-headed, I think, is the key. And I think it's just a chat to someone, whether it's family or friends or a psychologist or someone, yeah, someone you can go and speak to, mm. I think, is the most important. And one, get it off your chest, and then it's someone to help you understand what you're, what you're going through. Because everyone's will be different. Everyone will have different feelings, different journeys. So, yeah, I think... I think definitely just to be open about it because mm. it's not embarrassing. It doesn't make you less of a person and that that's just life. Because there is that bizarre thing that men are meant to be very strong and not show weakness. And, you know, that, that's been talked about a lot in the press, hasn't it, in the last few years because men really do and can suffer 
with depression because there is so much often expected of them. I think, yeah, it is that sort of, yeah, it's supposed to be tough, it's supposed to say this and that, and it's like just normal people at the end of the day. It doesn't have any relevance to being how tough you are if you're open and speak about something and say, like, this is my journey, this is what I've been through, and someone will turn around and be like, well, it's my journey, this happened at a different time in my life as well. And I think a lot more, I'd say it's a lot higher percentage of people can relate to that than people keeping things in. I think keeping stuff in, it does have bigger effect mm. because then you feel more like you can't say anything. And I think women too, keeping stuff in, you can't say certain things because you're embarrassed to say it or whatnot, or you feel like, yeah, it's stupid. It's really not. Well, it's brilliant that Ben Davis has helped you. And, and just quickly to round off on that, do, do, you, do you just speak to him now and again now? And are you feeling much better? You seem brilliant to me. Definitely, yeah. I'm, I'm in a really good place now. Like I said, I hit the low, I'd say probably, yeah, around sort of December, January, February time and stuff. And yeah, it took all the way through till, yeah, I'd say like May time. And that um, to finally sort of understand, get my head around it. I speak to him probably once every two mm. weeks. Uh, he's come out to a couple of tournaments as well. And it's just, it's not even about just golf. It's about like managing life as well. And that day to day. So it's not just about going out and having the right mental game for golf, but having perspective in life mm. as well. And like, that's what I think keeping your feet on the ground and having that perspective is great. And like, I'm really lucky, yeah, to have a fiancé like Joe's to help out as well. She's been absolutely amazing. Yeah, she's great. It's great to have her around, isn't it? And you've just celebrated your 30th, haven't you? Not long ago. Oh, I was 30 in February, yeah. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. So it's all happening. And you're expecting a baby mm. with Jodie, which is wonderful. Yeah, that's going to be incredible. I mean, I'm so excited. <laughs> So you've got lots going on. It's all very, very exciting. You're excited about being a, a dad? Yeah, lots to learn. I've got a few books to read. I bought I'll a few give you books. Some tips. <laughs> well, I don't know if that's good. Two boys. Um, no, it's 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 wonderful. It's life changing, and I'm sure you've got lots of friends and who've got children. Have you? Yeah, yeah, I've got some friends, who've got children and stuff, and you speak to everyone, and they just everyone says the same thing. It's the best thing ever, and yeah, we're just really looking forward to it. There's loads going on. And how do you get away from golf? What other things do you like to do in your spare time? I know you like football. Massive sport. <laughs> Massive sport fan. Anything football, boxing, cricket. Yes, I'm always following that. Music. I've seen you at Arsenal. Yeah, exactly. At Emirates, yeah. obviously. Um, what, what do you think of Unai Emery? I think he's really good. I think he's done a great job last season. Uh, I think the club have really got to back him this season. I think to come in after Wenger's been there for a long time... Mm. It's difficult to, to change things straight away. It takes time. And I thought he'd done a really good job. I thought some of the games they played, they were brilliant. And you could see the difference the way they were playing. Uh, it's going to take time. But I think the club really got back in with, with transfers and the players he wants. And you mentioned music. What kind of music are you into? I'm a big hip-hop fan. Hip-hop, So, brilliant. yeah, try and get to a few gigs, concerts and stuff like that. Who at the moment can. is the one... Who, who do you really enjoy listening to? Oh, Action Bronson's one of my favourite... This what again what happened. I was we went to one of the gigs a few years ago, and um, one of my friends he turned around and just said to security guy when it finished, "Where's the after party?" Action Bronson knows this guy and he points at me, and uh, he told the security guard to go and tell him that Beef was here, and I was like, "I don't know him." I was like, <laughs> "What are you doing?" I said to him, "I was like, this is embarrassing." And next thing, security come back, come on through, come down, and he's action sitting there. Like, What's up, beef? What's oh, going wow. on? And he's just like, "What is going on? <laughs> like, what is happening here?" So I'm a big fan of his music. Yeah, 
he's he talks a lot about food i guess so we've got something to relate to right before we go on we'd love you to do our hilton quick nine so are you ready yeah, yeah let's do it yeah okay let's do it first thing in your suitcase pants <laughs> favorite club in the bag driver where was your last holiday uh new york favorite hole in golf Ooh, difficult one uh postage stamp one place on your bucket list oh Anything you want to see, do? Oh, Tokyo. Tokyo, yeah, me too, actually. Best shot you've ever hit. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I have to be back when junior days. I remember hitting a three iron off like some path. And now, <laughs> yeah, through a gap in the trees, yeah. Whereabouts do you remember? It was, is it Hollingwell, of course? Nottingham Way. Yeah. Brilliant. It was the Czech Leclerc's amateur trophy thing, yeah. I just remember, yeah, I was like, it's match play. And I was like, well, I've got no, there's no point chipping out sideways. I was like, I'll go for it and hit it through this gap. I ended up on the green. I don't know how it ever got there. Brilliant, brilliant. If you weren't a golfer, what would you be? I'd love to do something in sport, anything. I'm sport mad. So. Not a hip-hop artist? No, can't <laughs> sing, can't rap. No, only in the car. <laughs> yeah. Footballer? Nah, no, nah, I was never good at football. <laughs> so what other sport would you do? I guess, yeah, if I could pick, yeah, football... Yeah, football, cricket, something like that. Cricket, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Rump, sirloin or fillet? We got it all wrong. It's got to be a porterhouse. Porterhouse. <laughs> and by the way, I've got to ask you, have you still got your 58 degree wedge? Tell people about that quickly. Yeah, of course, still got it. I got it stamped. I think it was US Open I got it stamped. There with all different cuts of meat on it. I wanted to do something a bit fun. And yeah, it just went, it went crazy about it. Everyone went mad. I love that. And finally, who would make up your dream four ball, dead or alive? Oh, Muhammad Ali. I have to be Will Ferrell. <laughs> like a good laugh <laughs> around him. the course, yeah. I'd say Big John as well, daily, John I'd say. Daly. Yeah, I think yes. it'd be a great four ball that. We like that friendship. Yeah. So talking about, I mean, it, it does amaze me as we're talking how you feel amazed at how people know your name. Like you mentioned Michael Jordan as well. Yeah, I mean, you are very well known, Andy. <laughs> yeah, I can't call you big. <laughs> so weird, I can't call you big. But no, you, I mean, John Daly, let's talk about John Daly because he, you struck up a bit of a friendship with him. How did that sort of start? Yeah, we just saw him a few tournaments, got chatting and stuff, and played with him at the Dunhill in one of the groups. And that, and that was it, yeah, we just become mates. He invited us for dinner one night, and yeah, went to dinner, got to know him, and then ended up. Turkey a few years ago he played we finished on the Sunday and we started having a drink oh. and <laughs> that was bad news for me he ordered what time this, did you get a bed? he ordered this whiskey but you got to remember we started drinking from about 2 o'clock in the afternoon and then you went all the way through went all the way through mm. I've got no idea what time and then he ordered this whiskey and it come like long thin glass like that with a couple of ice cubes but it was like <gasps> Pretty much like oh, two-thirds no. of the like way. Like a long drink. And as the waiter put it down, he was like, we'll get two more, please. And I was already smashed. And I was thinking, oh, my God, like this. And next thing I know, I was in my pants, about to jump in the pool. <laughs> I've got, like, like, zero idea what was going on there, yeah. I'm like, no idea. No Don't idea. remember going to bed, anything. Don't you? Nah. But you didn't need to get straight on the flight home? No, no, I booked a couple of days after. That was oh, the last tournament for me of the year. But, like, yeah. He's yeah, a boy, isn't he? The next good day. John Daly. Good old John Daly. Yeah. But the thing behind it is that he's such a good guy as well. 
And they're always caring. He sent me a couple of messages saying, like, you ever want to speak, chat, just let me know. That's nice. And stuff, yeah. If you're ever over in the States, just, yeah, give me a call, meet up, play some golf and stuff like that. Um, spent a bit with him, a bit of time with him in Tampa uh, when I was over there a couple of years ago, and that we'll practice a bit together, play and stuff. And he's, he's just a really nice guy. And, like, yeah, I think he's been through a lot in his life and he's seen it been there sort of done it and stuff so you can get some real good advice off him yeah it's nice for you to have that support isn't it yeah and just talking of sort of well-known people around golf I mean have you played with the likes of Justin Timberlake obviously a massive golf fan have you have you played with him yet no I supposed to Uh, a few years ago after Pebble Beach I got in touch well, I ended up meeting Kunal, a guy who played Raj from Big Bang Theory. Yeah. And, that, and he's just a great lad. And we got in touch. And I spent a, a week after Pebble in L.A. And he said, oh, come play my home course. And that, so I went down, had a game with him and um, Carlton for Fresh Prince, Alfonso. Brilliant. And Justin was supposed to play that day, but um, he couldn't make it. So the three of us played. We had such a laugh. And we got looked after when we went over to... Delhi for Indian tournament, his his cousin looked after oh, us really? and stuff, went for dinner <laughs> with him. Yeah, Rohan, what a guy as well and that. And so we all, yeah, keep in touch and, yeah, fantastic. and stuff. So, yeah, they're proper good lads and that. I haven't seen him for ages. I need to catch up with him at some point. <laughs> yeah. But obviously him being LA side and, and then he comes over a bit here and that. But we always just uh, miss each other. Yeah. yeah. No, brilliant. No, golf brings so many brilliant sort of people together, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, they're top has guys, done. yeah. So what, what does the future golf-wise hold for you you're obviously you must be pleased with your form right now you're coming back into some form great Scottish Open finish uh, the Open by a whisker just missed that what, what, what are you doing over the summer we've got a few weeks off now so we're going to head away on holiday for a bit chill out um, and then it's busy in the season starting from Prague so yeah Czech Masters is the is the next one and there's yeah hell of a lot of tournaments to play so just keep doing what I'm doing Game's trending in the right direction and that. So, yeah, head's good. So, yeah. Sounds good. Everything's in, in a good place, nice, steady place. And that's the idea. It's just to keep ticking along, not to put pressure on myself to perform, just let it come. And as I've worked on, it's just to, to play golf, enjoy it, not expect anything, not to put pressure on myself mm. to expect. And what will be will be. If tournaments go well, great. If not, mm. so be it. And just keep going and having that attitude like that put the work in go and play yeah and then a little baby coming along so yeah I can't wait that'll take some of the attention away as well naturally but it'd be wonderful yeah I, it's so exciting like we had a scan earlier this week and that and we're not going to find out what the um, sex is. know what the no, sex is and they said it was one of the moments where it's like would you like to know and i was like yeah no, 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 we're waiting, we're waiting. Like what that. did Jodie think? Was she, was she... We're both waiting, yeah, and okay. it's just something, I think it'd be cool to just wait and see what happens and stuff, and, like, she's starting to feel baby move and stuff like that. It's crazy what's Great going journey. on. And it's just so cool, and anything, like, it's such an interesting perspective to look at, because anything, like, yeah, that, it doesn't matter about anything else. Mm. It just matters about that. Yeah. Oh, it's starting to well off you. <laughs> oh, no, thank you so much. So lovely. Good luck with everything. Cheers, Thank thanks. you for talking to us. Thanks for listening to the Life on Tour podcast presented by Hilton. You can get in touch via Twitter and Instagram at European Tour using the hashtag Life on Tour or on Facebook. Subscribe now and if you enjoyed the show, feel free to rate and review us on iTunes and Apple Podcasts.